Thoughts for the win. Coming up on today's edition of the Bots of the Win podcast, we're going to be talking about combining Messenger, Slack, survey data, and some visualization to take your buyer personas to the next level. Love bots. I love them. Uh, why? Among, among lots of reasons, right? But one of which is it's, it's just completely new territory, right? Like it's a, it's a completely brand new, call it green grass, blue ocean, the frontier, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just so new. It's, it's really fun to have a new area in marketing that you can explore and understand and learn how to leverage without there being 3,000 existing blog posts that talk about every single solitary technique, tactic, and hack ad nauseum. So today's episode comes from some experimentation and exploration and even hacking along the frontier, let's call it. And I think I have here the makings of a technique, while not completely formed and polished just yet, is certainly interesting enough to be able to release a podcast episode on it. So here we are. And so I'm just going to drop this one. And I hope, my hope is that if you listen to it afterwards, you'll come into my bot and hit me up in the chat and say, this was a great technique. This was amazing. I love it. Or you're completely crazy. Have you been drinking? Uh, something along those lines would be fantastic. And, you know, I, all of these questions, like, <laughs> am I off the reservation with this one? Uh, do you find this as amazing as I do? Will it provide value for your business like it does for mine? Generally curious about all of those questions and certainly not certain about the answers to any of them. So let's get into it. For this all to make sense, need to set the table, uh, give you some context. Now, this particular system has formed out of months and months and months of work in the trenches under the following circumstances. Bolting bots into an established SaaS business, read established traffic of all kinds, an existing list, in short, uh, pre-existing attention, not starting from scratch here. Product is a high-ticket SaaS offering with a 45-day-plus sales cycle. Paid traffic is being leveraged in the form of messenger ads as well as other growth tools bolted across pretty much the entire marketing stack and digital footprint at this point. Uh, the combined effect is about, call it 100 new subscribers a day and usually 50 to 80 conversations a day, somewhere in there. In a previous episode on the fundamentals, which I will link up in the notes if you missed it, I mentioned putting your bot subscribers through a survey. So all of these folks are going through the survey. I have that data as well. In the last bot hack, I mentioned the porting new subscriber data into Slack. I also have that going on, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to level up that technique here in just a second. Summing things up, plenty of traffic and attention, which means healthy subscriber growth and conversations, a longer sales cycle. So both asking and having the survey data makes a ton of sense in this particular situation. And one of the things that I am acutely aware of is how varied the niches are that you guys play in. You know, I've really enjoyed chatting with many of you and hearing what you do uh, and how you're leveraging bots in your business. And the niches are so completely all over the place, coaching to e-commerce, to education, to service-based businesses, to therapists and doctors, uh, everything imaginable. And not just, you know, the different niches, but it's, it's so spread geographically. One of the amazing things about the bot audience early on is how insanely geographical it is it's all over the place and, and in many cases different languages too obviously so there's 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 a lot there there's a lot there so i mentioned that i think it's important to establish my set of circumstances uh because you know not not all of them are going to be the same for you and not all of them are going to be applicable for you so you kind of just have to bolt in what works but let's start with the slack piece i want to get back to that um in the last bot hack i covered how i'm taking the subscriber data from many chat 
And with the help of Zapier, although you could certainly use Integromat, I'm throwing that data into Slack. And one of the data points that's going, going along with it is the profile photo. And I need to build on that as the photo bit in particular, I'm finding to be pretty, pretty powerful, pretty amazing. And I think this is one of the great things about Messenger is that, you know, when a new subscriber gets into your bot, boom, their Facebook profile goes along for the ride. We get to see what our new subscribers look like. Uh, it's an easy thing to casually gloss over, but when you stop and think about it, you know, moreover, when you really start, like, not just when you stop and think about it, but when you really start bolting the growth tools into more places in your digital footprint, you know, the combined effect of which is that you're, you know, some significant portion of your digital traffic is now going into your bot is when it really starts to hit you. I mean, it's, it's, it's clocked me. What was your website uh, before? It was a digital entity of ones and zeros. People opted in, you got their email address, sure. Uh, you looked at the data on their behavior and your analytics. Uh, perhaps you even took their email address and ran it through like a third-party service like Clearbit so that you had some information on their social profiles. And maybe you even took the time to investigate that information and go look at their photos. But you didn't do it all the time. You didn't do it for everybody. At a macro, your traffic and visitors to your website were just nameless, faceless ones and zeros. Let's contrast that with what Messenger can potentially give us. Start getting enough of your web traffic into Messenger, and all of a sudden, you have the first names, last names, and profile photos on these folks. It's amazing. An app analogy here would be, or an apt analogy, I should say, would be your website is the Apple Store. You work as a greeter at the front door, whatever they call that person, you know, when they come in, what, what are you looking for? Let me get you a sales associate. That, you're that person. Before Messenger, if you were working in that store and just, you know, that's your website, everyone that came in that front door was a nameless, faceless one or zero. So I just picture ones and zeros walking in that Apple store entrance and you're just looking at a one or a zero and you're like, okay, go here. What do you need? What do you need to go there? So just digital data in your analytics reports, broadly speaking and generalizing, that's how it was. Contrast that with Messenger. And now in addition to that digital data, the ones and zeros have a first name, a last name, and a photo of what they look like. You really get to see who's, who your web traffic is and, and it changes everything. Now you're a greeter at the Apple store and the ones and zeros coming in the door have faces and name tags, sometimes full body photos. Sometimes they come in with their wives because their wives in the photo or their family or their daughter or their dog. Uh, sometimes they have a vape in their hand and they're blowing a giant white buffalo vape cloud. Uh, sorry, my doorbell just went off. And really, dude, really, do you love vaping so much that you made it your profile photo? A giant cloud of vape smoke, just like enveloping the entire thumbnail and then there's you smiling. Not judging, mind you, it's a free country. If you love vaping, by all means, but I actually see a fair amount of those. Like, you know, that's your profile photo is vaping. Anyway, I think it's funny. One of the limitations with these images, though, at least if you use ManyChat, is that they're given to you in a rather small format, like oftentimes way, way smaller than what is actually available. So let's say you're in ManyChat and you're working on your chats and you're presented with a tiny thumbnail normally. Now, if you're chatting that person up, you're presented with a slightly bigger image, which is kind of like the card view or you know that view where they're off on the sidebar on the right-hand side. But it's, you have to click that image again to make it the full size that it's available. And sometimes you know it, they get really big. Sometimes they get smaller. It kind of depends on what they uploaded. But they certainly get bigger than you see them in ManyChat. And you know I'm, I'm finding that seeing the photo big, uh, it just makes all the difference in the world. You know, you, you, and let me give you a, a situation, and you tell me if you've ever fallen in this. 
you know, when you're on your phone, let's just say in an app, any of the social ones that have thumbnails, uh, and, and you see one of those thumbnails, and perhaps let's just say it's your buddy's new girlfriend, and it's a chick of the opposite sex, a gal of the opposite sex, and you go, whoa, whoa, uh, that person of the opposite sex is really quite attractive. I think this situation calls for some further investigation on your part, on my part. So you click the thumbnail and you go to the profile page or whatever it is, and you're greeted with the big photos. You go in, you look at the big photos, and you're like, ooh, ooh, yeah, hmm, yeah, yeah. Now, did I get you on that one? I bet you've done that. Everybody does that. The thumbnail, the small image, often does not tell the complete story, does it? There is something really powerful in that particular situation about the the details and our perception of what a small photo is contrasted with a much bigger photo. In addition, the bigger image often gives you way more insight into who the person is. You get to glean all sorts of additional data, uh, what might be in the background, uh, what intel you can glean about how they're dressed, uh, the, is the photo in focus, what jewelry are they wearing, uh, you know, who's in the photo with them, all of that stuff. And that intel can immediately be leveraged when you start chatting them up if you want to and make those conversations a little bit more personable. So there's a number of different benefits to having it in the bigger image format. And the bigger image format is, you know, once you have it, there's no going back. Now, what's nice about porting the data into Slack is you get the big image without having to do all the additional clicking that you would potentially have to do in ManyChat. And without having to do anything is amazing. There's something to be said about, yes, you can get the same picture in other ways by clicking through and doing that, but you're just not going to do it every single solitary time. You're not. So when it's all piped into a channel in Slack, you go out, do whatever you're doing, come back to the channel, and you're just scrolling through. You're getting a view that's so quickly, so quick of all the big photos that it actually makes it you know, digestible, actionable, if you like. So that's the image portion. That's, that's part one. Part two is the survey data. Now, I, I covered this again in, in, in a previous episode called The Fundamentals. For me and all the, all the bot spaces that I play in, aside from maybe one, it makes sense for me to actually ask the questions and get survey data. So I'm asking the subscribers all the time, asking everybody that comes in and out, even if it takes me 10 different interactions of you being in the bot, given, given conditional logic, I'm going to keep asking and asking and asking until I get those questions and I get the survey answered. And with Slack, you now set things up such that the update goes profile photo and all of that custom survey data, it all goes along for the ride and gets piped right into Slack. So that's the survey data. And that gets us to the buyer personas part. In my experience, not many people or companies, especially the smaller ones, spend a whole lot of time creating them if they have them at all. And I've certainly been guilty of that myself for years and years and years. You know, for the, for the uninitiated, if you've never heard of buyer personas or this concept, uh, it's an exercise where you're supposed to create fictional avatars, even give them names of your various different customer types. Uh, this is Fred. He's 40 years old. He's college educated. He drives a mid-sized German luxury automobile. He has two kids, lives in the suburbs, likes craft beers, and watches football on Sunday. Uh, you know, you you start to build out these avatars with all of those sorts of details. And it's a it's a great exercise. It's a great exercise because it helps you craft all of your marketing and messaging to appeal to these various different avatars. You know, you, you start thinking through where they might hang out online and how better to target them. And you're not writing that email to your list. You're actually writing it to Fred and trying to solve his problems. So I also mentioned in the fundamentals episode 
that it's important in the buyer personas exercise to also think about the avatar that is the bad fit for your business. I think a lot of people think like, okay, I just got to come up with what my good avatars are and I'm going to, I'm going to focus on them. But you also want to focus on the bad ones because the bad ones you need to get out of your system as soon as possible. Otherwise they just cause, you know, pollution to your mind because these people are never going to buy. And then you start tailoring things to them as well as wasting time, as well as bad experience for them, bad experience for you, bad experience for everybody. I went so far in that last episode, even quoting a, a marketer I like named Justin Brooke, he calls them angels and demons. Like you've got to get your demons out and you really have to, to think about them. So you need an avatar for them as well. Now, regardless of where you come down on this buyer personas concept, you know whether you've made them for your business, whether you've got complete ones or not, uh, whether you're ever even thinking about doing it, I think is, is sort of irrelevant in, in, in this exercise because you're winning either way. <laughs> Don't want to make the avatars. You're not going to make the avatars. You're not doing that. Fine. Great. I get that. It's not all about that. The closer you are, though, I think you would agree. The closer you are to your customers, the more you know about them, the more you chat with them and interact with them, the better for your business it's going to be in the long term. It just is. You spend a lot of time around your customers. Things change for the better. Uh, what is the purpose, according to Mr. Drucker, of a business? Creating a customer. So the more you understand about these folks, the closer you are. I, I really do believe it's, 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 it's way, way better. So, okay, we've got Slack. We've got our buyer personas. We've got the survey data. All of that's getting piped in. I've got enough now to weave this whole thing together, to go mad scientist on you and stitch this whole thing up. So roll with me on this. I get bot subscribers from all over the place. New ones, existing ones that are in the bot. I put them through my surveys. The way they answer determines which of my buyer personas and avatars they match up with. Based on the tags they get when they finish those surveys, uh, I'm using those tags as the condition to fire these updates into Slack. So the updates don't go into Slack just when I get a new subscriber, in, in certain cases, yes. But in, in this case, you know, you finish the survey data, I know who you are in terms of an avatar, boom, I throw you, I throw you into a channel. So let's keep things simple and say, I have two buyer personas for the good fits and two buyer personas for the bad fits, okay? I now have four Slack channels set up to match up with each of my four avatars. Inside Slack, I see their large profile photo and all of the corresponding data I've gathered on them. So throughout the course of the day, Slack is firing off all the time. Every time I get a new subscriber or new folks have filled out the survey questions, I guess I should say, boom, 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 boom. It's firing in there. You can turn the notifications off. You know, you don't need to know it like that. Or you can watch them, whatever you want to do. But anyway, things just filling up uh, all throughout the day. Just going in there. And that's completely clean and segmented data in the big, beautiful profile photos. Do you see the genius in this? Can you see it? I'm able to monitor my bot subscribers in a more detailed and nuanced way. It turns Slack into a bot dashboard on steroids when you combine all of these things. I now have dedicated channels in Slack with photo after photo after photo of my buyer persona avatars, thereby helping me to really understand who my good people are and what they look like. This is completely amazing when you see it and you touch it and you taste it. You were writing your copy to Fred, right? Now you get to see what Fred and all of his similar buddies look like all day, every day. You do that enough over enough time and you start to develop an IQ and pattern recognition abilities start to grow. You're just able to recognize like, okay, here's what my good people look like. Here's what they look like. Here's what they look like. I also know have dedicated channels in Slack with photo after photo after photo of who the bad fits are. And this part is scary. The scary part of this little exercise, especially when you have the budget question in the surveys, 
is how doggone accurate the Facebook profile photo I'm finding conveys who the person is. It, 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 it's insane. It's amazing. Are you asking me whether or not I'm judging books by their cover? Are you? It's a good question. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Not only am I judging the books by their cover, but I'm finding in this particular niche that I'm getting close to probably above 95, maybe even 97% accurate on judging books by their cover. What do I mean? With just seeing the profile photo and potentially how ridiculous it is for a whole bunch of reasons, I don't want to, I don't want to elaborate on, on, on all the individual things, I can tell 95 to 98% accurate how they answered the budget question and that they're in a bad financial situation. It is amazingly, amazingly accurate. Goes both ways too. Great profile photo, whatever additional details you can glean from it, almost always accurate on having a good budget and being a good fit. Bit controversial, that one. I get that. But, you know, is it really any different in real life? Let me ask you this. We used a store example before. Let's use another one. If you're a salesman working on commission and two people walk into your store, one, middle-aged woman, immaculately coiffed hair, well-dressed, a giant Lois Vitton bag on her arm and a rock on her finger so big that she could signal shifts with it. And the other, person number two, is a backwards hat wearing, jean three sizes too big, underwear showing skater punk that reeks of vape juice. <laughs> He's back. Uh, which one of those two shoppers, you, sales guy, commission-based, are you going to go spend your time on? Which one are you going to go rush up to help? Right? It's the same thing. So you run this technique for any period of time, and you just get an amazing and granular view of your avatars, of who they are, what they look like, and what they're doing in your bot. And, and, and not just chatting folks up, but you know, the, the going into Slack, the clicking the links in their live chat, and then auditing what they're doing in the bot. You hit that channel of an avatar, you go audit, you go audit some more, some more, some more, and you see what they're consuming. What actions are they taking in your bot? What are they doing? What type of questions are they typing? Then go hit the bad fit channel, audit their behavior, and compare and contrast. Then what you find you end up doing is you go back into your bot and you start writing additional flows that will get the bad fits out of your bot even quicker and will speed the good fits along the way wherever they need to go. Excuse me. So that's an insane part about it. And then, you know, you have this running and you are immediately and more granularly aware when things go your way and, and things don't. And what do I mean by that? You've got some sort of outbound marketing campaign going on, whether it's your Facebook ads. Let's just stay Facebook ads and stay focused on that to keep it simple. You're running Facebook ads into your bot. They're messenger ads. Click to messenger ads. You got some new creative in the water that you're testing and boom, you pop into Slack and instantaneously, based on your four channels firing, you can tell whether that new piece of creative, that new copy, that new targeting is working, bringing in the right kind of people. If it is, oh yeah, awesome. Let's go put some more budget on that guy. If it's not, shut it off. You're getting a bunch of bad fits and bad responses. Can that thing, whatever's on there, let's not do that again. And it's, it becomes so simple and visual and, and, and just a new way of being able to interpret the data. And I just, I'm loving it. And as I said, up top, this is certainly not completely formed and polished yet. Um, but I'm having a, man, I'm having so much fun hacking on this little system and this little technique. And it's, it's just amazing to segment your data visually this way with the photos. It's, it's like one of those things that I think it doesn't really translate all that well in audio. It's really something you just need to see. And there's, there's so many implications to it. You know, my example is 
SaaS that I'm talking about here today, but perhaps yours is e-commerce. So set it up. Start throwing all of your all of your purchase data, all of your customers that actually purchase directly in there and see what they look like. You know, monitor it over a week or two weeks. Don't even touch anything else and just see what it looks like. Start to get a feel for what those avatars are. Uh, also on the e-commerce side. So a buddy of mine started a new venture. I'm not even gonna tell you what it is because it's embarrassing. But he had some firm ideas about the overall age of his customer base. And he's like, well, no, no, let's go market here. Let's go market here. I want to market to these guys. And I was like, eh, kind of shook, shook my head a little bit. I was like, I don't, I'm not really believe in that. So I went in and I audited his Facebook data. And, you know, I got to see the demographic breakdown. And I, and I looked and I was like, confirm my suspicions. But rather than showing him that data and making it easy, I was like, let's just put this baby to the test. So also running Messenger ads through the data right into Slack. And I think it took about two or three days where he's like, dude, you were totally right. I can see it now. And, and, and I had made my point. I had made my point in like an insanely visual way that really resonated, I think, for him. So there's so many, there's so many different implications of it. I mean, I'm thinking of new ones in my head even as I get to the tail end of this. But do you do lead scoring in your bot? You should. Great. What if you have a channel just set up for your VIPs? The trigger would be once they reach the threshold of a certain score, say above 40 points, and then every time it changes, boom, they go in. And then every time that you send something out or every time that you know you send a broadcast and you've got people coming to the bot or, or um, you know, any time period, really, you're just monitoring the channel of your VIPs. And it's like you always know who your VIPs. You're starting to understand them. They're not just names anymore. They're faces. And you're starting to bond with them at least you know, in a digital non-chatting way. But you can then go in and chat them up and just say, hey, really, really appreciate you continuing to interact with the bot. If there's any way I can make it more awesome, just let me know. But now I've got this group in Slack of all of their faces popping and rotating through. Point is, I think there's some amazing, amazing implications to this system, uh, some amazing potential, all of which I'm just starting to think through on my end. The individual recipes will, of course, need to be adjusted to taste for what you do personally. I'm quite excited to continue to apply the systems uh, for the various different niches that I'm playing in. So that's it. That's the system. At this point, over to you. I'm dying to know. You just heard all that. Was that was that just, I mean, did it sound like I was speaking a foreign language? Did it make sense? Do you see the value in that? Can, can a podcast even properly articulate the value in that? I'd love to know. I'd love to know, good, bad, or otherwise. If you think it's amazing, tell me about it. If you think it's horrible, tell me about it. How can you do that? Pull out Messenger on your phone. Search for bots for the win. Get into the bot and chat me up. I'd love to talk to you about it. And on that note, thanks for listening. And as always, have a great day.